Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 230. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is not with me today. He is back home in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Meanwhile, I'm coming to you from Coconut Creek, Florida. More specifically, American Top Team Headquarters. That's right, I'm in the big house. And it is a big house. This gym is absolutely massive. I'm sure you've seen the video of it before, but you really can't appreciate it till you get inside here, man. Just a huge, huge facility. Uh, gorgeous artwork all around it of all the, the great fighters that fight in the American Top Team roster and great moments from their, their careers. Uh, huge, huge uh, mat space, several mat space areas, weight room, cage. Uh, very, very cool stuff. We were here today for a media day. Uh, kind of a, I wouldn't say a last, we, well, we, it was a last second thing for us to commit to it. The USC had been planning for, for it for a while, but we weren't sure if we were being able to pull the trigger on it. Uh, but we ended up making it out here and uh, got some good stuff. And, and we'll have some of that here on the road show. And there's some more of it on MMA Junkie as well. But we'll get into all that very shortly because uh, I've actually got to head to the airport in not too terribly long of a time. I've got to get back home to Las Vegas and end what has been, I mean, seriously, the craziest stretch I've ever had. And I've had some crazy travel stretches. I've been fortunate enough to travel the globe uh, and cover this wonderful sport. But it has been absolutely insane. It started last week. Check this out. Friday night in Atlantic City, I was able to call CFFC 77, Cage Fury Fighting Championships. Love working with those guys. We were at the Hard Rock Atlantic City, which is a really, really cool facility there. And uh, we went off air at about 11.30 p.m. on Friday night. And there was a car uh, service set up for me at 2.30 a.m., so three hours after we went off the air. Uh, so I basically just went and grabbed a little bit of dinner. Uh, and then, you know, finished my, my, my final little packing. Uh, took off to, uh, drove from Atlantic City to Philadelphia, and then the, uh, the flight went from Philadelphia to Dallas, and then Dallas to John Wayne there in Santa Ana, California, and then uh, headed over to uh, the, the Honda Center for UFC 241. I was there about uh, 10.30 in the morning, 10.45 in the morning Pacific time, which is way early, but Brian Ortega was doing a, a media thing there. The folks at Modelo, who, of course, he works with, uh, they put it on, so I uh, was able to stop by and talk to him for a little bit. Then I had a couple hours to kill until the doors opened. Uh, it was kind of cool because as I was just hanging out outside and, and waiting for the doors to open, my kid was actually having his first jiu-jitsu tournament back in Las Vegas. And even though I wasn't able to go there, um, I, did, you know, I did get to watch the videos and, and track his scores and all that stuff. So I uh, wasn't distracted at all. It was while I was just kind of hanging out. So I was really, really cool. Proud of my little man. He got second place in his first ever tournament. So uh, happy for that little dude. And, and it was cool to watch it, that stuff. But anyway, then it was UFC 241, which, uh, man, if ever there was a card that needed and a half, boy, was it UFC 241. And uh, more on this in just a moment. But uh, I will be honest with you. There was no way in hell I was going to be able to get it done. And sometimes... I feel a little guilty about not getting to an and a half. I mean, I, I, I want to do them, but sometimes they just, you know, work comes up. But I, but, but I feel guilty about it. You know, I think, oh, well, maybe, maybe I could have squeezed it out. This one, I was dead. So I, di I didn't really sleep at all on the plane. I didn't, I had been up, you know, all night Friday, basically, and then all night Saturday. And I didn't have a hotel room either. So I stayed in the Honda Center until about 4 a.m. and then went to the, uh, the airport, LAX, 
uh, was going to try to get some sleep in the club there. But, uh, I mean, first world problems, but the club was freezing and I couldn't fall asleep. Uh, so I finally caught my 8 a.m. flight back home to Las Vegas. Uh, so it was just a crazy stretch from Friday night to all day Saturday to Sunday morning. Uh, going from Atlantic City to Anaheim back to Vegas was nuts. And then this popped up as well that we were able to come out here for media day. Um, pretty cool, but I actually left uh, Wednesday night. I left, so it's, it's Thursday sitting down here as we always do to record the MMA Roadshow. Uh, I actually left my house at uh, like 2 p.m on Wednesday, and then uh, flew to LAX, and then flew to Miami, uh, took a shower at the airport, came straight here to American Top Team, and did the media day, and now I'm sitting down here in American Top Team recording this podcast, and then jumping on a plane and flying back home, so going straight back home, not staying. So yeah, a couple of nights this week, I haven't actually slept in a bed, I've slept on a plane or in an airport, so not looking for sympathy, but I'm just saying it is one of the craziest stretches uh, that I've ever been a part of, but fortunate to be able to do it. Just sorry that I didn't get the uh, and a half. And uh, again, more on that in just a moment. Uh, if you didn't catch CFSC, by the way, uh, CFSC 77, it is on USC Fight Pass. Go check it out. There were some really, really good fights on there, man. They, they have some great prospects there. Um, the main event and co-main event were, were some very, very uh, quick stoppages, basically, and and, uh, and and by quick stoppages, I don't mean the referee was too quick. I'm just saying fast finishes. Uh, so some some top prospects there, and some pretty exciting fights worth checking out. And if you don't want to check it out for that, check it out for what happens in the third uh, fight from the top: Chris Dawkins versus Danny Holmes. Chris Dawkins, you might recommend uh, recognize the name Dawkins. His brother fought on the Contender Series. Uh, this was a, a, a fight in which Chris Dawkins came out. Lands a, a head kick and drops Danny Holmes. Now, Danny Holmes is a guy that has a, a pretty incredible backstory, and he was making return uh, to competition. But Holmes gets dropped, and once he's dropped, he's kind of against the fence. He kind of turns his back to, uh, to, the, to his opponent, puts his hands on the cage to kind of crawl back up. And um, as he's getting back up, Darkus hits him with a couple more punches. Referee steps in to stop it at a minute and 30 of the first round. Now, as for the stoppage, I was kind of 50-50 on it, to be honest with you. It was one of those ones where Holmes was definitely rocked. I mean, he got dropped with a head kick. And uh, my broadcast partner tonight, CM Punk, you know, the point that he made, the reason he liked it, was the fact that the fighter wasn't facing his opponent. The fighter was facing the opposite way uh, and had his hands on the cage, crawl, using the cage to crawl back to his feet. To him, that's that's not intelligent defense, and that's not you know kind of a ready scenario. And uh, you know what? I, I think there's something to that. I think there's definitely something to that. Um, but it was one of those ones where it wasn't clear. You know, if you'd let the guy take a few more punches, I don't think anybody would complain about it. But fight is waved off. Now at that point, there's a guy that's just behind me and CM Punk in the broadcast booth, and he starts yelling up a storm. F this, F and PS. Ah! Man, it had a cocktail or two. There's no question about it. But he's, he's, he's getting kind of loud. And so CM Punk turns around and is like, hey, you're going to have to step back. Because the, the problem was, uh, I mean, A, it's kind of distracting to have somebody yelling in your ear. But it was also going straight into our microphones. We could hear it on the broadcast. So, uh, I mean, not just could you kind of hear it. It was incredibly, incredibly clear. Uh, so CM Punk turns around and tells the guy, hey, man, I, you know, I need you to step back. Uh, at that point, CM Punk turns his attention back to me because we're talking about the stoppage, the merits of it, that sort of thing. Uh, there's a lot going on in the cage because Holmes is pretty upset. And he's trying to, you know, protest uh, the decision of the referee. Of course, sorry to be made at that point, but um, you know, so there's a lot going on that we're trying to trying to pay attention to. 
Um, and this guy gets up in CM Punk's, like, right behind his right ear. I mean, right behind him. And starts yelling again. FNBS. And he's yelling at the referee. He's not yelling at, at CM Punk. He's not I, – I don't, I don't even think he saw CM Punk at first. I, I'm not even sure if he – uh, maybe he recognized who he was. I, I, I forget how famous CM Punk is. When you see it around, it's crazy. I mean, he gets stopped for pictures, like, nonstop. But I don't know if the guy was really trying to pick a fight with CM Punk or if he was just pissed at the at the stoppage, you know, this local guy. Um, but he gets right up behind CM Punk's head and starts yelling again. At that point, uh, CM Punk stood up uh, and took his headset off, but you could still hear a lot of what was being said because the headset was right behind him. And, uh, and this is all playing out on UFC Fight Pass. So if you haven't seen it and you want to check it out, uh, go look at it. But at that point, I have to make a decision because, um, you know, I'm, I'm still commentating. Now, it doesn't, had it gone to blows or gotten really, really bad, I think I would have jumped off air and tried to help. Not that I'm, <laughs> not that I'm so badass. Uh, but you know, you, you try to protect your, you try to protect your your uh, broadcast partner, right? You you, you got to do that. Uh, so I think I might have jumped in there, but uh, but it wasn't to that degree. It was um, it was it was heated, and uh, you know, it, it, the punk got in the guy's face and made it clear he wasn't going to back down, uh, and that the guy was being a real a hole. And uh, I, I believe the commentary I used was uh, we have a minor situation <laughs> developing here, something along those lines. Um, but, yeah, CM Punk uh, almost got in a fight with this guy. Uh, he showed good restraint. Luckily, the security uh, stepped in at, at the right moment, was able to pull everybody apart. Uh, and, and I think a lot more of it kind of got made of – I saw some initial headlines and some tweets or whatever because there wasn't a video camera on it and you couldn't really see what was going on. And Punk did have a great line. He sits back down. And, you know, kind of playing it up a little bit. He's like, I think I just won my first MMA fight. <laughs> uh, so he was having a little fun with it. But, but nothing really came of it. There weren't any blows or anything like that. But it was a uh, incredibly unique situation that I had never been a part of. But it was fun, man. The, the, the rest of the card was great. The prelims were on Facebook. They were phenomenal as well. Uh, but CFFC is putting out some uh, fantastic product. Uh, they're doing another card in September. Uh, I believe it's the same week that I'm in Abu Dhabi. So I can't do that one, unfortunately. Um, and then I think they're taking October off and then maybe have two cards in November. So hopefully I'll be, I'll be back on the mic uh, for both of those cards because I have a good time. Uh, myself, CM Punk, and Jessica Penne uh, have been having some fun doing those cards. It's cool to hang out with those two. They're a, they're a good crew. Uh, then I made it back for USC 241, like I said, on no sleep whatsoever. Um, but, man, who, who needs sleep when you got a card like that, right? I, uh, I wanted to go help out. You know, Cole Coffey was on vacation. Uh, he was up visiting his family. And, um, you know, I asked if I could be off during fight week because I wanted to go do the commentary gig. But it was such a big event. You know, I definitely wanted to go help everybody else out there, see what I could do, uh, you know, on, on getting all the video processed and all that stuff. And, man, it really ended up being a great night of fights, um, especially the main card. You know, uh, Casey Lydon from uh, MMA Fighting, after it was over, you know, he looked at me. He's like, best main card of the year. And, man, I always hate to just say, yeah, absolute best ever whatever you know it's I, I hate that because it's you know you have recency bias especially right like what you've seen most recently is what's freshest in your mind um but man i i hard to argue that it wasn't you know even with three decisions out of five fights on the main card i mean that paula costa versus ul romero fight was just insane nate diaz versus anthony pettis man was that crowd uh for nate diaz and man is he is he an absolute star i mean of course the guy that was uh, leading the numbers all week for us in terms of clicks and that sort of thing. So um, just incredible work from Nate Diaz in, in, to return. I mean, to you know, maybe a little bit of rust, but 
after three years away to, to, to be able to you know make adjustments on the fly and and, uh, and win the fight the way he did, man, in, in typical just Nate Diaz fashion, unbelievable. And then nailing it, you know, calling out Masvidal and 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 man, of course that's the fight we want to see. Of course, that's the fight that everybody wants to see. And, you know, Masvidal smiled, and uh, we talked to him earlier today, and he said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that fight all day. You know, the only way it doesn't happen, they both want to get paid for it. And, you know, they're not going to take the fight cheap. I think they both realize their value, um, and, and they both want to get paid for it. So, But I, I just can't imagine the numbers wouldn't be huge, man. The numbers behind both those guys would be massive. And I think they both want it to be a main event. And, and I'll tell you what, I have no problem with that whatsoever. I was talking to Abe Kawa, who was here as well. He's Miles Vidal's agent. And I was asking him, what did he think? You know, hey, do you think this could be uh, a pay-per-view main event? He was like, absolutely, why not? I mean, it'd be a non-title fight, of course, unless you, unless you want to bring in the bad MFR belt there from Nate Diaz and, and call that a title. But, you know, it'd be a non-title fight, but I don't see why it wouldn't be a main event. I told Abe the only thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't put it over the welterweight title as the co-main event. I think any other title, you could do it. I mean, they've done it before, right? Nate, uh, excuse me, Connor and, and Nate, yeah, they, they headlined in, uh, in a non-title fight. I mean, you can definitely do it with the right stars, and these are the right stars. Um, I just don't think you can have the same division's title on the line. So if for some reason, you know, you end up having Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington on the same date, I, I don't think that would be wise. But with that said, uh, it does sound like uh, Colby and Kamaru is, is still lining up for November 2nd in Madison Square Garden. You know, you just got to get Kamaru Usman cleared first before you can make those plans official. Um, but it does seem like, you know, that's going to be uh, the, the fight for Madison Square Garden. And uh, Masvidal, in a scrum that we did today, he did say he didn't want to fight in New York. He said, uh, you know, I, I just didn't like the way that I was treated when I when I did fight there. You know, the commission up there is, is a lot more uh, strict, I guess. There's a lot more hoops to jump through. Um, and he made it clear he doesn't want to fight there. There's also additional taxes as well. Um, but he said he didn't want to fight in New York. So if, if it does end up being Madison Square Garden for Usman Covington, um, I, I don't think there'll be a conflict. But that's just me. That I, That is all I would say. I think it could – I mean – Listen, if those two fights are on the same card, you, you know which one's getting all the attention. It's going to be Diaz and Masvidal, just like it was this past week with the heavyweight title fight. Uh, it's going to be Diaz and Masvidal getting all the attention. So it would be just as the main event. It would be proper as the main event. But I just think that's a bad look to have a non-title fight and then have the title fight of that same division as the co-main event. I, I don't think that would be right. So that's my own – but that is really the only caveat I have. I mean, that is the fight to make. It's a slam dunk layup for the UFC. Yes, they're going to have to write some big checks, um, but there's going to be some big revenue, uh, I, I do believe. So, um, you know, I think this will be a, a pay-per-view headliner, and I think the casual fan will be all over it because, like I said, the numbers have been off the charts for all those guys. Um, and before we get to the main event, just Paulo Costa. Uh, I did have the fight scored for Paulo Costa. Very, very close fight. Man, Yoel Romero has been in some close, close fights against some stiff competition, but uh, I did have it for Paulo Costa. Um, and I just think he is a, a an absolute stud, and I, I look forward to the winner of uh, Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. He's going to be down there in Melbourne. The USC is paying him to be there, uh, and, and I love it. You know, uh, I, I think he is clearly the number one contender in the division, and, and I look forward to that fight. I, look, I mean, I look forward to Whitaker Adesanya first, but knowing that Costa is waiting in the wings, man, absolute monster. Boy, and if Whitaker beats Adesanya, I mean, to, to beat Yoel Romero twice. 
to get through Adesanya, who is a, 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 a beast of an entirely different type, and then to be rewarded with Paulo Costa, who is kind of like the younger version of Yoel Romero. I mean, he had different games, not an Olympic-level wrestler, but just in terms of mass and size and power, it's like the younger version of it, man. I just, man, that would be a, a tall order for Whitaker, but that guy just continues to deliver time in and time out. Uh, the main event, Stipe Miocic defeat Daniel Cormier. Incredible comeback there for Stipe. Uh, you know, Cormier was having his, his way early, and then Stipe was, was able to make some adjustments. And, and Cormier shied away from the game plan. He wasn't uh, shy in saying that. You know, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Uh, and his corner was begging him to wrestle. Uh, I, I know there's some photographers that were uh, shooting on that side of the cage so they could really hear the corner just begging for him to wrestle, and he didn't. Uh, and it cost him. And... It was kind of weird watching it all play out. It's like, why, why is he not wrestling? You know, that's what, that's how I thought he was going to win. That's how I thought he was going to win the first time they met, and then it was a big knockout. And that's why I stuck with Daniel Cormier the second time around because I thought, well, he didn't win that way. He still got that way on the table, and then he didn't do it. So, I, uh, you know, everybody's been asking what's next for Daniel Cormier, and I like that he said, I'm not going to make an emotional decision, and I'm not going to make a quick decision. Um, I'll, I'll figure that out. Uh, and, and every right to do so. I'd like to see him walk away, and, and not because he doesn't have the ability to compete. He still does. He can still compete at a very, very high level. I just don't know if there's anything for him to prove. And, you know, the whole thing about fighting is putting some money in the bank and getting yourself set up for the next phase of life. It's not something you can do for your whole life. And I think DC's done that. I mean, he's got some money in the bank, and he's in a position where he's got other opportunities, television opportunities, movie opportunities, that sort of thing. Um, and I think he should seize him. I mean, don't go in there and take any more brain damage than you have to. You've done enough. Um, if he does come back, I, look, do the trilogy fight with Steve Miocic. Don't do John Jones. Don't do John Jones. And I think that I think that disappeared with the loss here. I don't think there's going to be a demand for a John Jones fight. But you know, do the trilogy. If DC wants to come back, then yeah, I, I hope Steve will accept that trilogy fight with him. But to be honest with you, I'd. I'd uh, and, again, I, not because I believe Daniel Cormier can't compete at the highest level. He can. He was on his way to winning this fight. I just feel that he's already set himself up in a position where he doesn't need to fight. And if you don't need to fight, I don't think you, you should. You know, I think you can save your body the damage if you can. Uh, but good for Steve Miocic. Big, 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 big win for him, man. I know how, uh, how much that meant to him to get back in there. So uh, apologies again that there was no and a half. I promise I'm going to get back to him. <laughs> Let me just throw it out there. Uh, I was saying more on that later. I always say, if you don't mind, do me a favor, uh, rate us, review us, log into iTunes, give us a rating, give us some feedback. Love that. And uh, just a dagger right in the back here. Uh, Beth Fagan I, uh, logged in and did take the time to rate us and review us, and I appreciate that. Gave us four stars. Gave us four stars, uh, which I appreciate that. Four out of five stars. That's not bad. I'll take that. But here's the, here's the kicker. I wanted to give it four and a half. I really did. But I have all kind of reasons why I couldn't. Again. Oh. I see what you did there, Beth Fagan. I see what you did. And it hurts. It hurts. You, you, you cut deep. <laughs> you cut deep. Uh, clever. Clever. I'll give it to you. Clever and accurate. Uh, I have wanted to, do, to, to get back into more post-fight covers than I've been able to do as of late. This one I will say, though, I promise you, uh, there was physically no way I could hold up to it. I wanted to. I had all my gear with me. I brought it all, 
And uh, my body was just failing me, man. I was shutting down with no sleep. So uh, apologies, and Beth Fagan, well done on your feedback. I, I thank you for taking the time to, to rate us and review us. And uh, hopefully when uh, we, we get back to some more consistent and half, maybe you can jump in there and give it that fifth star and give it a little edit and say, hey, Morgan's delivering for me now. All right, listen, um, let's, let's play some audio for you. Uh, I want to start out with the uh, the conversation that I had with Brian Ortega uh, on Saturday at USC 241. Had a chance to speak with him outside. Um, and, uh, you know, he talked about where he is. And, and uh, I don't know, there's some kind of kind of redemption stuff here, I guess we'll say. Uh, but this is my conversation with, with Brian Ortega. A UFC in SoCal, and there's no T-City on the card, man. I got I to gotta wonder how you're feeling about that. It seems like a just blasphemy that you're not fighting here tonight. Trust me, it sucks. I thought this was, no, this was supposed to be here, right? There's one in Staple that got canceled, I think, yeah. Yep. But uh, no, nah, man, it feels good to be here in attendance. Um, obviously, I wish I was here, man. Uh, these are the best fights when I'm fighting, just because you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to hop on a plane. If you forget your gloves, you can just take a drive and bring them back. You don't have to just, it's, it's better. You have, the, you have all your friends, family, everyone comes. Um, this sucks. <laughs> but it's, it's bittersweet, though. I was going to say, it's a nice constellation. You yeah, like your I, I, here at bringing you out. You get to hang yeah, with the people. Because even like when I pulled up right now, I saw the Honda Center. And I wasn't like, usually when I see these things, I'm like, fuck, like tonight I'm going to be there, you know? Like, inside there's like a cage in there with like 20,000 people in there. And like tonight, you know, I didn't have that feeling early. So it's a little more peaceful. Yes, it is. No but, like, my nerves are at ease right now. Are you contractually obligated to cheer for Stipe tonight? I mean, he's your... He's no, 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 no. <laughs> he's your teammate on the Modelo roster, I, right? You got you to... Like I like Stipe a lot, man. Uh, I fought with him in one card where I got to talk to him in the locker room before we fought. And he was just... He, he was super cool, man. I feel like I... Like, you know, I just... I know the guy better. Um, I wanted to be a firefighter before and a champion. So then when I seen him do both, and I was like, yo, dude, like, can I tell you something? He's like, I, like, I wish I was where you were at right now. Like, that's kind of like my dream. Like, I wish I could be a firefighter and, and a world champion. And he was like, oh, no way. And he was super cool, and I kept seeing him. And so I'm, I'm more like of a fanboy through that side, you know? That's so cool. obviously I'm rooting for him just because, I don't know, I just... He lived my dream. You think, you think you'll still pursue the firefighter dream someday? I mean, not is that in your future? No. <laughs> maybe, who knows? That. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Nice. I talked to one, I talked to a firefighter the other day. He's like, I told him, I'm too old, dude. I'm 28 now. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, who knows? I'll go, we'll see. Well, we know you're still chasing the world champion dream. Give us, give us the update, man. The recovery, physically, mentally. I mean, where are you at after that, that battle you went through? Whew. It was crazy, man. A lot of people switched up, who, who I thought would never switch up. Um, and the people who I thought would switch up didn't switch up. <laughs> just goes to show you how crazy this is. And, uh, and it, was just, it just sucked, man, you know, because surgeries after surgeries, uh, then having to go, like I said, I fixed my hand up, then Right, right, right when I fixed my hand up, we went to the Modelo commercial. Right after that, I had to come back, had to fix my nose up, then I had to check my other hand, 
and had to check my foot, and then it's just like, then, it just sucks, man, because when you take the, it's like a, we're, we're like birds, right? And if you cut our wings, we're gonna be miserable. I couldn't run because of my feet, I couldn't strike because of my hands, and I couldn't even do anything because of my nose. So I was just stuck. Like, what do I do in my life right now? Like, for real, like, what do I do right now? Like, I don't know what to do. So we went and, and actually took some time to go back and do some of the charity work I always talked about doing. We went and we did that. And, and that brought happiness to me and brought joy to me. But at the same time, there's like this other half of me that wants, you know, like the fighting is what makes me happy. Um, so now that I've healed up, I did all my strength, or no, physical therapy, physical therapy, physical therapy, freaking everything. Six month suspension is cleared. Fired everyone, got rid of all the negativity. Cleaned the mind up, had some, had some healing here and here. And, uh, and hired, a, like, a, like I said, hired a team. It's interesting. I've heard you say a couple times over the last couple months, like you had to people switch. Is that sorry? When we were talking about like friends and I mean your inner circle, like you found out it wasn't all that you, you thought it was. I'm talking about people who've been with me for 15 years, like yeah, 10 years. Uh, people I looked up to, people who were father figures to me. Uh, yeah. It's rough. Well, they say, I mean, they say you you get more lessons out of losses than you do wins, right? I mean, it's the first time you've had to taste it. Is that is that accurate? Are you feeling that I way? I wasn't even hurt from the fight, like mentally. I was like, cool, he beat me. I know why. I know how I felt. I know what state of what I was in. It was the after part that that sucked. That's that's what sucked. So what's the plan? I'm sure you're itching to get back in there. I know you you know your fans are itching, you know your your name's been itching, floating I'm out there in rumors. Itching. It sounds like you're ready to do it. So what's what's the plan, man? What's this gonna the happen? The plan is now we have a solid team. Great group of guys to work with. Um, that that are I'm learning again, you know? I wasn't learning before, now I'm learning. Um, I'm having fun. I feel like last year was just work for the whole year, it was train for train for Frankie, then train for Max. No, no, train for Frank. Yeah, train for Frankie. Then took the try to take the Khabib fight. Then train for Max. Then stay ready for a replacement. And then from there train again. It was like March all the way to December. It's like 2018. Didn't I don't even know what happened to 2018. I was just training so much, I just got, got burnt out. So you have fresh coaches now, or who are you working with? Huh? I'm working with new people. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it under wraps right now? Okay. Yes. Um, Keeping it under wraps right now. When does that get revealed? Like when they show up in your corner on fight night or something? <laughs> is, that, is that how we find out? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know, man. I, I've been trying to see when it's the right time to let it out. Um, so far, I don't know. I like, I like it. I like I people it. not knowing what I'm doing. I dig it. What's the ideal scenario for you, man? It sounds like you want to fight as soon as possible. I mean, you know the matchups that are getting made out there. You're trying to catch that bug, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like gonna Mr. Miyagi here right now. Like, yo, look at this. Well, you know the matchups that are being made out there. I mean, you know the ones that people are talking about. You know, they were linking you to Zabie, linking you to the Zombie. I mean, is there an ideal Dude. scenario right now? Like, what's what's uh, going the on? rumors get started? Right. <laughs> no, <shit. laughs> um. No, I just woke up one day and I said, it, it, IG said I was fighting Zabie, and I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. They got a contract, I didn't. Uh, then it was like I was fighting Yai. Then it was, I don't know who else I was fighting. Right. I seen a couple matchups. Even some, I was like, damn, like, I'm about to repost this. Like, <laughs> We're just going to make it happen. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then now Korean zombies is on is on the internet talking talking to shit, um, and then but then I look down at everything and I go okay everyone's busy, he's not busy I'm not busy, just fucking dance. Plus you call me out. But you want to do it in Mexico? Is that, or is that too soon? I was trying to, but I guess it didn't happen yeah. since they already got their main event. Uh, You're not a co-main anymore. No, I am, but. I feel like the crowd gets a better show if it's five rounds. Right, that's true. Especially with me, I like, you know, when I show up, I show up. Whether it's good or bad, it's good, you know. <laughs> like, whether it's good or bad for me, it's right. great for you guys. So, yeah, I like I like giving those actually. You, you'll fight again before the end of the year, though. Absolutely. Yeah. You think you're running to Max Holloway at some point again in your career? Absolutely. Is it gonna be personal? I mean, does it mean like is it look uh, like hey, something on your shoulder? Like, it's, it's not personal, bro. Like I said, I, I told people the fight didn't even hurt me. Like uh, it was, it was the after part. That fight was like I knew eventually I was gonna meet someone who's gonna put it, who's gonna be able to put it on. That's the nature of this game. And I, yeah, I said in interviews. I wonder who's gonna beat me and how. I've said it before. I'm intrigued by that. That that doesn't really phase me. It's not, I'm not. I'm not afraid of defeat. Now it's like okay. It's so I should thank him. Thank you. You showed me where I suck at. Let me go back. Let me fix everything. And let me go at it again. It's like that's the kind of guy. I want. That's that's the kind of guy I am. I go in there and even training. That's why I became so good on the mats and everything. Because I would go get tapped out by someone 30 times. And I would go back and drill and do whatever, and then I'd come back and he would tap me out 20 times. And I go, I'm getting there. And I go back and it's like 10 times. And eventually it's like, now you're not tapping out. Like, I'm not tapping out to you. To the point where, like, hey, now I'm submitting you. So that evolution, it, it, that process is fun for me. I, I, I thrive in it, I love it, I have fun in it, uh, and which is what I'm doing again. I'm not just training the same things again for eight months, doing the same damn routine. We're like I'm a robot. And then I just get there, it's like, all right, let's just do it. Let's just fight. No, now I'm like, hold up. Like, this exists. Oh, this, this, this is distance. The, okay, this, the, okay, this is, this, oh, this is wrestling. Okay, like, I've never done this before. Let's, okay, like, fuck, I'm having fun again, man. And I'm, the team I'm working with and the people I'm with are positive, the energy. When I, when I stick everyone in a room together, it, everyone gets along, which is something I didn't have before. I had, you put everyone in a room together and by the end of it, you're hearing a bunch of shit in your ear from this guy and from that guy and from this guy. And, and then you have to get all that burden and then it weighs on you. And then you take that into when you fight, whether you know it or you don't. So like now it's, 
I'm happy, dude. Yeah, like, I'm happy now. I can honestly say, like, I'm happy with the team I have. I'm happy with the people I'm working. Uh, I feel free. All right, so that was Brian Ortega, T-City. Look who's walking in right now. Greg Hardy's making his way back in for his second practice of the day, I guess. I got here this morning. Greg Hardy was the first man in the gym. He, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. He's just walking by here getting set up. Edson Barbosa's over here in the cage. Looks like he's going through some walkthroughs. He had some hard sparring earlier. It's cool. I put a picture on Instagram and Twitter, but they actually um, they put a big black uh, curtain, I guess you'd say, basically around the whole cage. And, um, you know, I think understandably so. This is, I think there's a lot of public in here, just a lot of people overall. Uh, they have a really cool after-school program here, man. This place is full of kids right now uh, where they teach in martial arts, but they've also got like a little um, like learning academy over there as well. So it's not just, hey, your kid's going to come in and, and learn martial arts. No, they're learning martial arts, but they're also, you know, getting some little school lessons and working on their homework and that sort of stuff. So just a lot of stuff going on right now. Some pros are gathering. Uh, a lot going on there. Uh, real quick, though, on, on Ortega, hopefully you found that conversation interesting. I mean, I, I, I like Brian a lot. I have for a long time. Interesting to hear that, you know, there's some core shakeup around him and what's going on. Um, you hate to hear that, but, I, you know, I guess it's necessary for anybody. You find some success, and then when you have that setback, you find out who's really with you and who's not, you know, and, and who really cares about you and who doesn't. And it, it sounds like Brian Ortega – um, is finding that, man. You know, I, I didn't touch on it with him before. You know, I, I had heard that he was pretty sick the day of the fight with Max Holloway, not to take anything away from Max Holloway, um, but I'm sure that bumps him the hell out to know. And, and he, I know he doesn't want to talk about it, you know, to, but to know that he, he probably wasn't at his peak, you know. Would he have won anyway? I don't know. Holloway's an absolute monster, you know, argument of the greatest featherweight of all time. But I don't know, just interesting stuff from Ortega. It sounds like kind of a, a rebirthing process, a reorganization process. And interesting that um, he's not sharing who he's working with, with his team. And, uh, you know, I haven't been like a, a social media hound or whatever. I'm sure there's you could probably track some stuff down and maybe find some stuff at who he's working with. Uh, but I, I thought that was interesting. I, I don't know that I've ever heard somebody say, yeah, no, I'm not really don't, – don't really want to talk about that right now. So uh, interested to find out what that's all about. Um, and listen, I think there's some some big fights on the horizon for Brian Ortega, man. He's he's still still very very uh, very very valuable in the featherweight division. I think he's got a lot to give. Um, so that wrapped up kind of USC 241. Of course, we did have uh, a contender series event on Tuesday night. That is the the next to last one. Dana White's contender series 25. Myself and Cole Coffee were there. Dan Tom was there as well. If you haven't been tuning in, we've got. Uh, We've been doing a pre-show, and this will be the last one. This next Tuesday coming up will be the last one, but we've been doing a pre-show, kind of breaking it down, talking about the storylines going in, what you're watching, giving our picks, which we've been okay on. Our man Nolan King uh, from the East Coast, he, he weighs in with his picks as well. Um, but, you know, just kind of what to watch for. And I, I Hopefully it makes it a little more interesting. We give you a little backstory um, because I know it's hard to, to, to keep up with all these prospects. Um, and hopefully we do you a decent job of, of telling you what you're watching. But we do that um, from 4.15 to 4.45 Pacific time local. We stream it live on YouTube and on the website. So if you want to check that out for the last one, and I think hopefully we'll bring it back for the next season. We've, we've, I've had fun doing them. It's a little bit extra work, but uh, I have fun and enjoy doing it. So hopefully we'll bring it back. Um, interesting, you know, we talked to Dana White afterwards. That scrum, he's, he's been good. He's been coming to every single uh, – doing a scrum every single week. 
talking about the winners and losers. This this week only one contract given out, and it was Phil Rowe who defeated Leon Shabazian um, after taking some damage in the opening round battle back in the second and third uh, to pick up the one contract. But up to that point, you know, Dana had said no on the other ones, and, and I thought Jamal Pogues uh, might have earned a USC contract, but Dana said, look, the guy's just too young. Ditto for Mallory Martin, uh, who, who looks great and has a phenomenal attitude, uh, but just saying, you know, hey, not quite the experience we're looking for yet. You know, let's let's give him a little more time to mature, which is not a bad thing. As he said, you know, Jamal Pogue's a light heavyweight. Man, if I throw him in there with our light heavyweights, we got some absolute killers out there. It's going to be an issue, so we don't want to do that. Um, but, but just one contract. Anyway, we, we talked to Dana afterwards, and he actually admitted uh, this week, you know, he's been bullish the whole time on we're going to do another season of Contender Series this year. We're going to put it on Fight Pass. And, and I, you know, I told you guys behind the scenes, uh, the matchmakers were like, oh, I, I just don't know. You know, I don't know that there's enough talent out there to do, you know, two of these a year or especially two in the second half of the year the way we're doing this time. You know, maybe if we spaced it out a little bit more. But, um, you know, originally it was an eight-week run and then they made it a ten-week run um, and, and then wanted to do another one as well. So, you know, I know the matchmakers, I don't want to say panicking, but – uh, they were just thinking, look, man, we're 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 stretching the talent pretty thin right now as it is. So um, Dana White actually admitted, like, yeah, you know, I, I think maybe maybe they're right. You know, maybe we are stretching the talent pool a little bit thin. We'd be better off letting it restock a little bit uh, before we try to do another season. So it sounds like he he said he was still hopeful that maybe they would do it, but it sounded like he was kind of admitting, all right, I get it. We can't really do uh, a second season contenders. And listen, everything that I've heard. Uh, behind the scenes from both UFC people and, you know, these regional show people as well is, is, is said they don't really want a second season. I mean, everybody loves a contender series, but, you know, it does take a lot of prospects. I mean, you're talking about 100 fighters, 100 fighters on the regional scene that aren't able to fill, you know, slots on these regional shows. So to, to take another 100 and do it again, I mean, it's a lot of spots. Um, so... You know, I, I know that the regional shows would like to be able to use these guys on, on their events, and it just gives people time to mature a little bit, time to grow a little bit, and to really, you know, pick up two or three more wins along the way and, 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 be, and prove that they're actually uh, ready to go for the, uh, for the Contender Series. So uh, it doesn't sound like we'll see a second one, which I'm kind of, kind of boned about. I, I actually do enjoy going there on Tuesday night. So make sure you tune in for the last one. It'll be it'll be this week. All right, listen, so uh, after that was over, uh, like I said, Wednesday afternoon, flew down here, uh, took an overnight flight, uh, actually went through LAX and then LAX to Miami. Uh, Miami uh, got, got up in Miami, took a shower at the airport when I landed, uh, went and had some Denny's for breakfast, and then came over here. Uh, to American Top Team for this media day. And like I said, uh, Greg Hardy, just saw him walking by, came in, first pro uh, in the door, first pro uh, on, on the mats was Greg Hardy. And I know he's uh, still a controversial figure. I know that his his past is never going to leave him. And I know that uh, it's, it's never going to be justifiable. But the man is putting in the work. Uh, and, and he was the first one uh, on the mats today, and he, he wasn't. Yeah, he had no idea we were coming. I mean, it wasn't like he was trying to put on a show. It was just, this was not part of the media day. He just happened to be here, um, and because he was here, I did ask him if if, uh, if we could take him aside and get get a few minutes with him. And he said, uh, you know, absolutely, love to do it. So 
uh, had a few seconds to speak with uh, with Greg Hardy. Here's here's what he had to say. Hi, Greg. Well, man, listen, it's been what about a month since your fight? You're already back in the gym. I mean, what's what, what's the, what's the update? Did you take any time off? How quick were you back here? Uh, man, came back like a week after my fight. Got my dorm room back. Did a few workouts. Took two weeks off just from that after that just to see my my baby girl do some business. Came back, man. You know, I took about two weeks total off from working out. They made me take 10 days off, so I did what I was supposed to do, and I'm back at it, man, you know? It's crazy because, I, you know, you talk about the dorm life, right? Like, I, I knew you lived here during camps, but you're not in the camp right now. I mean, are you here literally, like, year-round? <laughs> I've lived here for about, we're going on three years now. So, it's my, it's my home. I go, I go back to see my kid every now and then, or fly my kid up here, but other than that, man, this is what we do. This, I'm, I'm a rookie, though, you know? And uh, when I say I'm committed to something, I'm committed, man. We get the job done. Why do you make the choice to do that? I mean, the, the, it's a nice facility, right? But there are some hotels, like right here across the parking lot. I mean, you can stay there instead. You're kind of the more, I mean, you're splitting a room with somebody, right? Oh, no. I got, I got, I'm, you got your own room. I've been here long enough. I got my own room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting out of that rookie stage, so I'm old enough to be by myself these days. But, uh, no, they're probably way better than the dorms, man. But, you know, you got to keep in mind, I'm jumping leaps and bounds every two months. You know, I'm coming out fighting an opponent with a better record than me that's been doing it longer than me every single fight. And it changes from, you know, well, three fights better than me to seven fights better than me then to nine fights better than me to probably next fight's going to be somebody ranked, man. So I got to be in here engaged at all times, man. And um, for those that don't know, MMA takes a lot. Yeah, no doubt. So give me an idea. What do you folks, I mean... Let me say, first of all, you didn't know we were coming here today, but you were the first one on the floor today. Out of all the pros that are here, you were the first one. I mean, is that, a, is that a, an everyday thing for Greg Harding? I try to make it an everyday thing, man. Come in and get the work done, you know, just from football. Show up early, leave late put the work in. And, I, and honestly, you know, it's, it's part of uh, what I said uh, at the beginning when I started this journey, man. I'm here to earn it. You know, the only way to keep the trust and the respect of these people in this gym is to prove it every day. Yeah. What, are you, what are you focused on right now? Because you don't, you don't have an opponent, so you're not putting together a game plan, right? And I hear a lot of fighters say, this is when you actually get better, is when you're not in a camp. So, so what are you focusing on day to day? Everything. So this is my time, man, basically to just work on everything that is Greg Hardy. Grappling, punching, like, there is no specifics. There's not... A guy to worry about taking me down, you know. So this is where I become a martial artist. You know, I take the next step, get, get my, um, work on my gi, work on my no gi, work on my kickboxing. Um, just encompass everything that is a fighter, man, and build my game to be that actual world champion instead of some fluke showcase movie deal kind of fight guy. You put on a gi? Oh yeah, yeah. got a gi. I got a gi, man. White belt. Super white belt. <laughs> Super white belt. I will tap. I will tap a novice, but hey, we're gonna we're gonna leave that for the future. We'll, we'll let y'all see that in, in live person. That's funny. So as you're developing, I wonder, do you guys have conversations about like what kind of fighter you want to be? I mean, do you talk about like this is the style I want to fight with, or this is this is the gifts that I have athletically that we can take advantage of? I mean, how do those conversations go? You know, I got a lot of coaches here. And it's, I wouldn't even, it's, it's very humble to, to say that they're the best coaches in the world, you know, because there's more to be said. But, you know, my two main coaches are Daniel Jolly, Dean Thomas. And these guys push me to be something that the world has never seen. And nobody, nobody in that group that I've just mentioned treats me like a heavyweight. I train more like a middleweight, you know, and for a middleweight, you understand you got to be the most dangerous man on the planet to even get into the top 10, 15, 20. That's how we're training. You know, we're going to be the most complete, most dangerous, most vicious fighter of all time. 
you touched on it. You said championship. You know, I wonder. I mean, obviously you're very, very early in your career, but I mean, that is the focus. I mean, you're thinking ultimately down the line, I'm going to be a championship caliber athlete, not as you said, just kind of this special attraction, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been dropping disclaimers my whole way through. I've been letting people know. So, you know, I don't want people to come in later and be like, man, oh, you're trying to be a champion now. I've told everybody from the beginning, that's what I wanted to do. It's been, and you know, when you go back and look at it, you can see the pattern and see the and see the plan. This has been something in the making for a very long time. We are literally stone by stone, brick by brick, building everything that I need. Realistically, what kind of timeline? I, mean, I imagine you, you know, don't want to put a limit on it or whatever. But I mean, how long do you go from novice to world champion? Man, to be honest, I've even been surprised by the ability that I've displayed out on the mat and here, just surviving in here and thriving in here. So I'm, I'm gonna say there's no telling, man. You know, I'm still getting hit in the face by regular jabs in the, in the ring. So we're not gonna wake up tomorrow and be like we're fighting for everything. But I'm starting to adapt well. I'm starting to be able to, you know, defend myself versus takedowns. I've always been a good athlete. I've always had punch of power. So just things, certain things are starting to come together, man. And like I said, there's no, there's no telling. Sky's the limit. I could be a whole different fighter in a month. How about the fighter experience? I wonder, do you enjoy media day? Do you enjoy the spotlight? Or would you prefer to be like kind of in the back? And Because you know you're always going to have people that are trying to tear you down, right? So I mean, as, you, as your career progresses, like, do you enjoy being out in the spotlight and fighting when you can press conferences and media day? Or would you rather like not do that part and like just show up and fight? You know, there's two there's there's two parts of me, man. There's the Greg Hardy and there's the Prince of War, man. And as Greg Hardy, I kind of love being an entertainer, man. Not even kind of, I love being an entertainer. I love bringing smiles to faces. I love doing something that nobody else in the world could do and letting the whole world enjoy it. You know, kind of just being, being the center of attention for joy, so to speak, you know, because I feel like that's what I bring when I'm, in, when I'm in there. Everybody's always happy, excited. You never know what's going to happen next. But as the Prince of War, man, all I want to do is raise the bar at all times. I wish I could just, I wish we could fight five times. Like during that week, like we do, if we got to do the media, we get to fight that night. Do the media the next day, fight that night. Like I just want to fight every night I'm there. So I kind of got two different ways, man, and I'm just going to temper it so I don't get too hyped up and energy dump like I did that one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you. So we kind of think of you as this dude with this, you know, this mean scowl and, and the, the, the gaze and the brooding look, but like, is there a party that really wants to be more like like this on fight week where it's not, I hate this one Adams guy and, I want to, and I'm tired of him talking about me? Well, has I ever, have I ever been that guy though? Well, you know, I was, I was, I people think of you as that intense guy. It seems like you want to be kind of, for sure. I'd rather be the jovial guy, the, the fun guy. I would say people don't watch enough then. People don't listen enough, man. Even from the first day we met, right? I walked in that ring, very dangerous looking. I was on a mission, but I mean, but afterwards, I'm just, I'm just a regular, I'm an entertainer. I'm the guy, I'm here for you. You paid for a ticket. I'm gonna give you everything you paid for, man. And I'm gonna enjoy it because I'm happy. And even that day, especially, we'll talk about the contender series that night, man. I got a lot of off the wall questions. A lot of questions about my character and stuff like that, man. And I don't take offense to those kind of things, man. I've been put on the, I've been put on the wall. I've been put on the board many of times. And it's not about, you know, responding or, giving people a rise, it's about being better, showing people that there is a different breed of human being out here. And I am that, I have always been. And that's, that's who I want to show, that's who I've always been, and I urge people to watch closer, man. Nice.
when's the next mission? Can you give us an idea? What's, what's the plan right now? We're going to talk to Dean Thomas. We're looking for somebody with numbers behind their name. Going to bring a whole lot of pain, stretch this fight game out, see if we can go three rounds maybe. See what that, see what that looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Has, has the UFC been receptive? I mean, do they feel like you're ready for, you know, ranked opponents? Hey, man, I love the UFC. They love me. I feel like... Um, I can't presume to know what the boss has in his mind, and I will never do that. It's not my place. So I would say I think I deserve nothing. I've earned it. I've only been in two years. I also think that I will crush whoever they put in front of me. So bring it. You got a you got a date circled on the calendar? Are you targeting anything that like man that would be the perfect? Spot? I'm still down for tomorrow, man. But I haven't got a call yet. So we're gonna keep we're, keep waiting by the phone. Best agents in the world. Y'all already know that, man. First round management is on it. Fight but, again before the end of this year, though? For sure. If I can, twice. You squeeze through it. If I can. If I can. You know, I'm I'm at the I'm at the um, mercy of my, my bosses and my agents, so and I'm never going to do anything that's going to jeopardize the main mission, which is get to that goal. But I would prefer to fight two times this year, for sure. Or at least one time this year and then right January. Maybe, maybe visit the Barclay one more time. I know you've been humble, but do you want to call your shot? I mean, are there names or specific guys where you're like, I would match up so well with that, or like, I want to fight him so bad? I'm not a specific guy kind of guy, man. I told y'all at the fight, I'm going to see everybody. Like, this, the cool thing about Greg Hardy is I came from the bottom. So I've got to fight the schmo who's going to 9 to 5 at Burger King. I've gotten to fight the guy that does this for a living, the guy that uh, has come the ranks like me, the guy that's been here for years, the guy that's had 20 fights. We're fighting everybody. Eventually, they're all going to see the prince. And it's going to be war. And it's going to be devastating, man. So everybody just wait your turn. No matter who it is. Like that's kind of a, 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 I don't know, a little bit of a different side of Greg Hardy. You know, a little, not not in fight camp right now. You know, not uh, focused on a, a particular athlete. Of course, not focused on somebody who's talking a lot of trash about him. So, uh, just a little bit different side. But man, when he talks about being vicious and violent, uh, he still still got that edge about him. Still 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 a little fear uh, created there, man. But uh, listen, he, he puts in the effort. Everybody says here, he says he's working hard. So. It's a steep climb up to the top to, to a championship caliber, but, but he's, he's making the baby steps along the way. Um, the main reason here was, was kind of twofold. Number one, uh, a lot of local media is here, by the way. Uh, MMA, as far as national media goes, uh, MMA fighting traveled. You had Danny Segura, uh, who, who made the trip down here. Uh, you also had uh, the Schmo and Helen Yee. Where they, were, they were here as well as part of the traveling media from, uh, from Las Vegas. And uh, the rest was all local, and uh, basically they were centered around uh, three people. They were centered around uh, Jorge Masvidal. Of course, uh, his star is riding high. They wanted to talk to him. Jorge uh, didn't get all of the media uh, because he was about uh, four hours late. <laughs> he was a little bit late getting here. Uh, but in, in all fairness, he, uh, he had been invited to go down to the University of Miami and speak with their football team. Um, which he considered obviously quite an honor being a Miami resident here. That's a, that's a big, big team, big, big program. So he went down there, spoke to them, was kind of honored by them and um, invited to a game, toured their facilities, all that stuff. So he was pretty excited about the opportunity to do that. Uh, then he came here and he did ask if we could do a scrum. We had basically been doing one-on-ones for the rest of the day for everybody else. He asked if we could do a scrum. Of course, everybody was happy to oblige. Um, and, and so there is a, a pretty lengthy scrum uh, up on MMA Junkie if you want to. There's a little bit of Spanish involved in it as well. 
uh, some of the Spanish-speaking media, but there's a, a, a video there. It's up on the MMA Junkie YouTube if you want to see it there. Um, we've also got it in some stories that are, I know are being published to the site as we speak. Um, but that's there. And, of course, basically Mazidal, he said, listen, I, I want this fight with Nate Diaz. Like I said, the, the UFC just has to pay. Other than that, he said there, there really wasn't anything out there that interests him. He does, he does want to chase the belt. I mean, he, he is still in the belt, but he believes Nate Diaz is absolutely a worthy uh, an opponent to step away from the belt to do something different uh, rather than chase the belt. He did also make it very, very clear that if Colby Covington does beat Kamaru Usman, um, you know, they may have a history. They may be boys, um, but that doesn't mean they won't fight, and, and they'll definitely go at it. Uh, he said, I, you know, I'll, I'll fight Colby. I, I want the title. You know, it's, it's my time. I want to get paid. And what he wants is money more than anything, but the belt means money. The belt means money. So that's really – Kind of just the overall focus. I mean, that that is he is dead set right now on the Nate Diaz fight, and then uh, he said, "Look, there's no other backup plan. That's the fight. Let's go with it." You know, it's a layup. So, talk to him, um, and then of course, uh, Colby Covington was a big focus as well, as you can imagine. Uh, Colby Covington was here with his belt, was here with a lovely young lady on his arm. Who, by the way, the lovely young lady today was actually kind of participating in the interviews. Um, so she was, uh, she, a, a little bit better, uh, what, co-star, I guess you would say, supporting actress, uh, than some of the other young ladies that he has selected to work with him at other events who, uh, I think it was noted that kind of looked like they were, uh, afraid to be there or didn't want to be there, at least disinterested. She was actually having some fun and, uh, they, and they were having off-camera conversations. It sounded like they were kind of making jokes or, you know, she was jumping in on certain people's interviews and answering questions for him. So uh, had a few minutes to speak with Colby Covington about, you know, his situation, what's going on with Kamaru Usman, what he's expecting. Um, and and here's, here's what he had to tell me today. <laughs> Colby, ladies and media day becoming kind of a thing now. Is that, is that part of the gig? If you're going to roll with Colby, you got to be willing to go do the media rounds? I'm, everybody knows this is a queen of chaos, so. Yeah. You need, you need a queen to help you share the, the weight of the crown. It's very important. It's a little extra work for you in this relationship. It's got to be tough for you, right? It's got to be tough for him. Are you looking at me? It's got to be tougher for him. <laughs> well done. Well, Kobe, November 2nd, Madison Square Garden, Kamara Usman. I mean, there is not another fight on the planet that makes sense. So what is going on? Why, why is it taking so long to get this fight officially booked? You tell them why. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I already gave the verbal yes to the UFC that I want to go to Madison Square Garden and make it great again because, you know, the Knicks have tarnished the legacy of Madison Square Garden. It's disgusting what they've done to that arena. Just nothing but L's. So there's only one man that can go to Madison Square Garden and make it truly great again, and that's yours truly, the people's champ, America's champ, Donald Trump's favorite fighter, Colby Chaos Covington. Sign the paper, Marty. Stop faking injuries. Stop ducking me. You know, this is a joke, man. This is getting out of hand now. You know, people are excited about the matchup because you guys have a very similar style. You've got a very similar resume. I wonder, I mean, you had some common opponents. You just beat, you know, a legend in Lawler. He's got the Woodley victory. I mean, when you look at the, the resume side by side, who do you think brings the better accolades in? Uh, no doubt about it, me. He, he's a D2 level fighter. You know, he's a DT level college wrestler. I'm D1 in everything. I, I'm, I'm the top of the food chain. He's never going to see the top of the food chain. So, you know, I, I don't even know why we're talking about him. You know, his his losses to Jose Caceres, you know, a guy I beat the shit out of. So, you know, Marty Fake News, man, he's been ducking me in the early part of his career, and now he's doing the same thing again. He's ducking me. So, you know, uh, 
our resumes don't stand the same. You know, I beat a lot of better fighters. And, and if you look at his resume, all his resume is guys that are washed up that I took their souls. He fought Damian Maia after I left Damian Maia for a pool of blood in, in Sao Paulo. He took RDA after his soul was defeated for letting Brazil down again. So, you know, he hasn't done anything that I've done yet. Everything he's done, I've already done it. And, and I did it before him. So, you know, he, he's an afterthought now. He's, he's second place to the best fighter in the world, Colby Covington. You definitely are in the fight. I'm curious, why did you go to Anaheim? I mean, there was no real need for you to have to be there, right? You had to travel all the way across the country. So what was the logic behind that? He likes to rustle up tail feathers. That's why he <laughs> likes to do that. Well, you know, the thing is, is that I was over in Hollywood. You know, I was staying in Hollywood for the week. I went to Showtime. We are doing a little documentary series. I went to Food Truck Diaries with Brennan Schaub. I was hanging out with my boy Joe Rogan over at the comedy store, listening to Joe Rogan shoot some comedy. So, you know, and then Joey Diaz as well was out there. I was, you know, having a good time with him. And, you know, just enjoying California, enjoying my victory tour. I love the lead up to the fight. I love beating people's ass in the fight. And then I love post-fight festivities. And speaking of that, I need to go work on some cardio soon. I got a five-round title fight coming up. I need to go get my cardio in the bedroom. We'll he has really short. good endurance, so. We'll keep it short so you can go work on that. The crowd reaction there, I wonder. I mean, listen, yeah. you're not doing this necessarily for cheers. You're doing it for money to mm -hmm. take care of. But, I mean, does that ever get to you? We're like, Jesus Christ, people, how can you hate me this much? I love it, John. Did, were you in the arena at USC 241? Did, did anybody get a bigger pop that night? No, it Dude, was you. The whole entire ringa was singing together, and then mm -hmm. and then thousands of fans were lining up to take pictures with me after that. I mean, I'm getting people emotionally invested, and that's something that none of these other fighters can say. People love me or hate me, you will tune in to watch me. You will get a feeling from me when I'm in a room with you. So, you know, that's that's what these fighters don't do. You know, they're they're out there busy saying, oh, I'll fight whoever Dana White puts in front of me. Nah, I, I'm different. I'm out of the box. I'm not in the box with all these other jobbers, all these other marks, you know. I'm one of my own and I'm unique so what I bring to the table you know I'm giving these people an entertaining show and I know they had fun over the weekend they can vent their frustrations at me yeah no question if for some reason Usman's not ready are there other fights that make sense I mean a, a, a Nick Diaz a Nate Diaz a Conor McGregor you know I'm talking about those big money type names if for some reason he can't be ready would you accept other fights or is this title or nothing right now I would accept other fights. I, I already have a title, John. This this is America's title. This is the people's title. This is the most distinguished belt in, in the UFC today. So, you know, whether it's Nick Diaz, whether it's Nate Diaz, the journeymen who are barely 500 level fighters, you know, they, they have Stockton slaps, but they ain't ready for MAGA bombs. You know, those guys have speech impediments. You know, they, they don't know what wrestling is. They they have lisp in their in their voice. So, you know, whether it's the Diaz's, whether it's my best friend, whether whether it's Marty Fake Newsman, this belt will de be defended, John, November 2nd in Madison. Square Garden because that's what Donald Trump wants. I know a lot of people like you as a matchup, including myself, because you guys, the cardio that you guys both have, the wrestling that you both I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Do you see similarities between your two games? No, I don't, I don't see any similarities. I, I do everything he does, but I do it better. So, you know, he, the thing is, is he's tried to follow my blueprint his whole entire career, you know. He doesn't have the wrestling accolades, but he's tried to, to follow everything I've done in my wrestling uh, game plan and, and in my fight career. So, you know, the thing is, is like I told him on the set, if I made a sandwich tomorrow, he, he'd literally go find a way to make that sandwich the same way. So, you know, you're going to find out when we get locked in the cage that there's different levels to this, and I'm going to expose him for the weak glass chin that he has, for, for the no heart that he has for the, just the coward that he is in general. And, and I'm going to do it for all the wrath of the immigrants. What would it mean for you to be champion finally? I mean, no, you had such a hard road to get here. You know, things taken away from you, hurdles put in between. I mean, what would it mean for you to finally have that undisputed belt, you know, on your shoulder, around your waist? What, what would that moment mean for you? 
it would just be another day at the office. Yeah. You did it. We did it, you, you did know? It. And that's what we've been doing. This is undisputed. This is undefeated right here. So, you know, it, it would just be another day at the office. It wouldn't be a big deal, man. I'm getting calls from the president. I'm going to the White House, only fighter in the history of the sport of MMA that's ever went to the White House and hung out with a sitting president in the Oval Office. So what would it mean to be undisputed UFC champ? I mean... I don't know. It would just be another this. day. Born for this? Born for I, this. We expect it, you know. <laughs> when you do something that you already know you were going to do, I mean, it's, it's really not a big deal. I'm doing bigger things. Once you get that accomplished, tell me where you go from there. I mean, are you are you a champ champ guy? Are you a money fight guy? Do you want to be use your platform for politics? I mean, what, what do you want to do once you're undisputed UFC champion? I, I want to be champ, champ, champ. I want to be first ever. I, you know, I'm already breaking all the history books. You know, last fight, most significant strikes ever thrown. You know, first family front row call from the president. I want to be a champ, champ, champ. I can go down to lightweight and I can go up to middleweight. So I'm looking to fight Whitaker. He's a bum. He's got no. He's got no wrestling. He's got no heart, no cardio. And then Khabib, come on, man, the sheep lover. He, he's got nothing for me, man. The guys, the guys over in Russia, you know, playing with with sheep's. You know, like what's he gonna do to raw American steel and twist the sex appeal? So. I got a lot of things on the plan, but I also want to give my platform to the troops because without the troops, you know, we wouldn't be here today. You know, they they sacrificed their lives for our freedoms and opportunities so I can go chase gold. Mm -hmm. So big shout out to the troops, all all the service men and women, and and also the, you know a big my platform is also for politics for for you know for the best party in the world, the right party. You know, make America great again. Donald Trump's favorite fighter. You know, the, the Trump family they are making America great again. You you can look at the facts, man. Unemployment's the lowest it's ever been. You know. Um, you know, the jobs, we have more jobs than there's ever been since the 60s. So our economy's booming. So you may, you can hate the man. No one's perfect. No one does every single thing right. But, you know, you need to respect what he's doing. And he's putting America first before his own life. All right. So well, hopefully it all goes down November 2nd. I know that's what we're all hoping to see. I'm sure you played this fight out of your head, man. You've been waiting for this moment. Like I said, you guys have been lined up for a long time. So how does this fight go down? How do you get it done? First round knockout. He, he's getting put to sleep. I promise you that. He's leaving that octagon in a stretcher. I'm putting it out unconscious. I couldn't train my last fight for Robbie Lawler because I had a cut on my eye. Wait till you see me with a full training camp, John. Anybody that wants to doubt me, they're going to find out November 2nd. I will knock him out first round. All right, so... The one and only Colby Covington, you know, a little bit of, of what you might expect there, some of the, the chaos that he brings. He, he likes to, uh, you know, he's got some rehearsed uh, material that he goes with. Um, but, uh, man, poking on Habib Nurmagomedov as well. Uh, man, poking on Robert Whitaker. Man, three-division champion. Guy certainly sets his sights high. I tell you what, man, I, Colby – it just the, the amount of hate that he gets is incredible. And he's right. At 241, the pop that he got, even though it was people hating on him, um, was as big as anything. You know, I'd argue probably, you know, the pop that Nate Diaz got was pretty, pretty, pretty strong as well. So that might have been a rival. Um, but listen, the reality is, and if, if you've been a long time listening to the show, I've always been a Kobe Covington supporter, man. I, I – I, I've, I've loved the guy, to be honest with you, man. From, from the very first fight in the UFC, man. Met, met him in Macau. Liked, liked his swagger. Liked his skill set. You know, the relentless uh, cardio, the nonstop wrestling chains. The, you know, I thought he brought a lot to the table. But his style just isn't that fun, so he's had to go with the shtick. You know, it's not fun to the casual fan, we'll say. It's, I, would, I shouldn't say it's not fun. It's just it doesn't appeal to the casual fan who wants Rock'em Sock'em Robots. 
Um, so he's had to go with this shtick, more or less, you know, this character. And and it's working for him, man. It's working for him, and it's helping him to get paid. And, and uh, I, I can't fault him for it, to be honest with you. So uh, we'll see. Again, got to get this fight with Kamaru made. It really is the only fight that matters uh, at welterweight right now in, in terms of the, the title picture. Uh, certainly, Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz matters quite a bit, but for different reasons. So got to get that fight done. Uh, hopefully it gets booked. And I, I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. The buildup might be a little much. <laughs> we'll see. But I'm really, really excited for the fight. Um, we also had a chance to speak to Dustin Poirier. We spoke to Dustin Poirier and Edson Barbosa. They were both here basically because, of course, they are competing at UFC 242, which is, uh, what, about a week and a half away in Abu Dhabi. Um, is it that soon? Good Lord, when am I going out of town for that? No, I leave in a week and a half. It's in two and a half weeks. Yeah, there you go. That sounds better. It's like, wow, that is way soon. Uh, but uh, they're, they're leaving early. They're actually – both those guys are going over there pretty early. It seems like everybody we've talked to, I think the UFC kind of allowed them to go over pretty early. I mean, it's, it is a long flight to get over there uh, and give you time to adjust. So he's, he's heading over early. Poirier and Barbosa both going over there early, so they kind of did this media day. Now, we'll actually be in Abu Dhabi. Actually, myself, Mike Bond is making the, the travel out there as well. And uh, Farah Hanoun, who, one of our, our newest employees, uh, she lives in Egypt – but I think uh, but even before she got hired at MMA Junkie, she'd already planned on being uh, at the Abu Dhabi card. Of course, you know, it's been a while uh, since the UFC came to the Middle East um, and, and living in that region. She wanted to be at that show regardless. So um, she was already planning on being there. So she's going to be there too. So we'll have the three of us out there and uh, definitely we'll, uh, we'll make sure Faha Noon uh, sits down and, uh, and gets a little bit of road show. We'll get a road show debut, meet uh, one of the newest members of our staff. Uh, but So we'll be out there. So we'll be speaking to Edson Barbosa and Dustin Poirier anyway. Um, but, hey, they were here and, uh, you know, might as well take advantage of it. Dustin Poirier uh, looking strong. I mean, if you follow the guy on social media, you can tell uh, what phenomenal shape he's in right now. Um, this is a huge, huge moment for him, of course. And, man, it just uh, – Habib is Habib. <laughs> That's all you got to say, right? Habib is Habib. But, you know, this kind of run that Dustin Poirier has been on in, in these, these past couple fights, man, I, just what he's put together is is pretty special. And, and you start getting this, I don't know, this, this feeling of destiny, this feeling of, you know, not willing to be denied, of not accepting defeat. You know what I mean? Like just like there's something special in Dustin Poirier's corner right now. So uh, I, I'm excited for him, man. We've been following this guy's career for nine years and, and to see this moment. Um, it's big, you know. He's had some some stumbles along the way, but now he's here in the biggest spot. So uh, happy, happy for that. And uh, here, here was my conversation with Dustin Poirier. Dustin, I mean, you're getting close to this big fight, right? I mean, undisputed title, undefeated fighter on the other side. I mean, what's what, what's the feeling right now? I know every fight keeps getting bigger for you, but what, what's the feeling right now? It's excitement, you know. I, I got an opportunity to make history, do something that's never been done, and I'm embracing that. You know, they're building an arena in Abu Dhabi for this event. This is historic. I'm just excited that I put myself in this position and that I have an opportunity to show the world how great I am on the biggest scale possible and unify these belts. Make history, man. This is what this is about. Clearly, anybody following you on social media and how intense your training camp has been. I wonder, I mean, is it because you know, the added intensity because of the moment, you know, because of what's at stake, or because it's Habib, you know, the guy that hasn't been beaten and, and seems like, you know, everybody's toughest test in, in the weight class? You know, it's both. It's lessons I've learned throughout 
40 fights coming into this one. It's putting everything together, trying to be the best fighter, best person I can be walking into the octagon September 7th. Um, I know I need to be at my best, and it's going to take all of me. It's going to take all of this preparation done the right way to, to beat Khabib. I understand that. I'm going to do something that's never been done, and I'm treating it that way. This is history. I'm about to make history. Talk about the journey to get there. I mean, the actual just travel of getting there. <laughs> you know, you're trying to dial everything in perfect, right? And then you got to get, you know, 24 hours of flights over there or whatever. I mean, what, what steps are you taking? Are you going early? And I mean, has that been a concern of you guys as you're prepping to make sure that, you know, we're still good through this last journey? Yeah, uh, beginning of camp, we kind of ironed everything down, nailed everything down, the dates we were going to travel and stuff. I'm leaving next week. I'll be out there. We're leaving nine days ahead. That gives me an hour per day of time change, which, which is a good rule of thumb. Um, and uh, everything's set up out there. I got my car ready, my house ready. Everything's good to go. Got, I'm bringing a nutritionist with me um, who's going to cook the food. And, and, you know, it's a big fight. We're treat, and we're treating it like one. We're putting all the pieces in order for me to have a successful trip there. I know once you get in the cage, the cage is the cage, right? But I mean, this is kind of going into the lion's den, right? I mean, I, I don't know how much of Louisiana is going to travel over there, you know, <laughs> but I imagine he's going to have a pretty strong contingent. What, what does that atmosphere do? I mean, is that exciting? Does that, like, change the vibe? What's it going to be like, you know? We'll see. Uh, I'm not sure. I got a handful of Louisiana people going that I, that I trust uh, and love, so I'm excited about that. But, uh, you know, all these people aren't going to be in the cage with them. It's going to be in, me and Khabib um, find out who's the best in the world. And I think I'm going to have a lot of fans out there as well. If you're a fan of fighting, you're a fan of, of myself because that's what I do. I, I get down. I scrap. I leave it all out there. And that's what I plan on doing September 7th. You know, uh, I'm embracing it. Uh, the underdog, I'm, I'm going in there to make history for all the underdogs across the world. I like it. I, we all know Habib. I mean, and I know you're more focused on getting yourself ready. But did you do much tape study? I mean, do you... You watched other fights of guys. Did you, did you break them down yourself? You know, previously in my career, I used to do it a lot and not overwhelm myself with it. But I would just put too much time and care too much. You know, I, my coaches have. We've broken down a little bit of footage and, and things that we want to work on, or things that we see that he does often or does great. Um, but I'm not overwhelming myself with it. I'm going in there to fight my fight and put the pressure on Khabib. I thought Conor McGregor said something interesting after they fought where he said, I worry too much about defense and not enough about offense. You know, I mean, did you hear that statement from him? And, and does, that, does that make sense? I mean, did, did you have to worry about that too? Like, fighting a guy like Khabib, I could see, like, take down the fence, take down the fence, take right, down the right, fence. Right. I mean, is that, a, a, you know, a danger with him? And did, did you think about that when you were preparing? Of course, it's a huge danger. You know, um, I, I don't want this guy to get on top of me and start pulling away with rounds. We only have five of them, you know. If you let a guy lay on top of you for three, you need to finish. And, and that's not what I'm trying to do in there. I'm not going in there worried about his takedowns so much. I need to hurt this guy. I am. That's a huge part of my training camp, uh, putting myself in, in good position to win the rounds and win the fight, staying off the fence, getting up off the ground. Uh, but at the same time, I need to do what I do. And I've said it before, I hurt people. You got that one belt on your shoulder right now, man. This is a huge, huge moment. You said you fight nine years under the Zufa banner. And, you know, you had these key moments along the way where it seemed like you were about to break through and you didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now you're here. Did you, along the way, did you ever feel like, it's, it's not going to happen for me, man. I, I keep coming up short at just the wrong moment. I, I never said that it's, you know, I've definitely let myself down, come up short in some big fights, you know, sh showed brilliance, flashes of it here and there. I knew what I was capable of. I knew who I was as a fighter and a person. Um, and I just kind of stayed true to the path. Not kind of, that's what I did. I stayed true to the path, dusted myself off, kept showing up to fights. 
and fighting. And here I am holding a belt, about to unify it with one of the best fighters in the world, somebody who's never been beat. He's about to take an L, man. I'm about to make history. Who do you think the belt would be more for, you or your wife? This is hers, man. This is, this is, this is, uh, she, she owns a huge part of this thing. Now, I know this is the dream, and, and you're right on the cusp of it. Have you thought about where you go once you're undisputed champion? And maybe you thought, you know, am I a am I a champ champ guy, or am I a calling out money fight kind of guy? So maybe you thought about how you want to represent yourself as a champion. You know, I'd love to leave a great legacy, uh, but at the end of the day, we fight for money as well, and I can't fight forever. It just that that seems like a, a, a long way to look with what I have stacked against me right now. I don't want to disrespect what's ahead of me. I need to focus on that. Once I stop Khabib and raise this belt up in the air unified, then we'll talk about the future. Everybody's excited for this fight. Give me an idea. I mean, when you play this thing out in your head, which I'm sure you've done, how do you get your hand raised? How does this go down? You know, I, I keep going back and forth. I feel like I can submit Khabib, but I feel like I'm going to stop him. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to either knock him out or I'm going to submit him. I'm going to finish Khabib, never get mad off. Dustin Poirier he just finished the workout. He had a, a very, very intense workout again. He was working out behind the uh, the veil of secrecy here. The uh, the curtain was in place. Uh, it's funny because you know Edson Barbosa was doing the same, but now he's he's back again. He's putting in another workout, and this time uh, I guess because there's no media here and there's no public in here right now, uh, he, he doesn't have his. I mean, look, it's not like Edson Barbosa's game is going to surprise you, but man, it's just always fun to watch him work, man. So. So fun, so dangerous, man. Quick, powerful, uh, cool to see him getting in some work right here. That fight with Paul Felder should be uh, every bit as good as the first, if not better, because uh, both those guys are, are going to entertain every time out. You know, Barbosa's in a tough spot, man. He's 1-3 in his last four, but it's against some very, very top competition. And I, I just feel like Barbosa's one of those guys that it's not like he's fighting for his job right now. You know what I mean? Like, why would you not want to have this guy in your roster? He's fun. He brings it. He fights. Um, so, but I mean, you still want to win, right? I mean, if you're a fighter, that's your that's your pride, and that's half your purse too. You uh, you want to win. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, Dustin Poirier I, I put puts in the workout, and then kind of had a ton of media to do, man. So we appreciate him. Uh, it was really cool to to do one on ones. Uh, you know, I thought we were just gonna get a bunch of scrums today. So appreciate all those one on one conversations. It was really nice because, um, like I said, there, there wasn't a ton of traveling media, but there was a bunch of local media, local TV stations, and. Um, you know, they've got all their stuff. And, again, it was, I mean, just right after some very, very intense workouts. So it was really, really cool. Um, no UFC this weekend, but uh, Bellator 225 is out in Connecticut. By the way, uh, I mean, a little bit of a note. It's the first Bellator that's not on Indian land. Uh, Connecticut finally got all their uh, approvals done and everything done for regulation outside of just tribal land. Uh, and so that's why this is taking place at Bridgeport, Connecticut, Webster Bank Arena, uh, a venue we're not really used to. Matt Erickson is out there covering that. Um, it's funny because, you know, you got the rematch in the main event. Matt Mitrione versus Sergey Karatana. Of course, their first fight ended in, what, 15 seconds in a no contest due to a growing shot. Uh, so didn't learn much about it uh, the first time around. But a big, big fight in the heavyweight division. Javier Ayala and Vitaly Minikov is, is the co-main event. So a big, big heavyweight fight there as well. Um, and then, you know, I don't feel like this is getting like just a ton of love. Uh, you know, it's not their biggest card, but obviously those are some big heavyweight fights. But it does have some 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 uh, some names on it, some uh, um, some prospects and some names. Yaroslav Amosov, Tyrell Fortune on the main card. 
Connery Gracie uh, on on the undercard. Austin Vanderford returns. Uh, Zhu Anyanwu, who uh, briefly had a, a cup of coffee in the UFC, he's in there. Ricky Bendejas is on there. Um, you know, there's a couple names here and there, so not a, not a bad Bell Torque card. Um, Matt Erickson has been out there covering Fight Week. Nolan King is going to join him on Fight Night as well. He lives up in that Northeast area as well. So those two will be handling Fight Night uh, and all your post-fight covers. So if you want to check all that out on MMA Junkie, please do so. Uh, I will be taking a couple days off, the weekend off. And then uh, my kid actually has another jiu-jitsu tournament, which I'm excited for. Uh, two in pretty quick order. But, you know, the first one was uh, Naga. And uh, the, the team had a bunch of people going. And, and so even though I couldn't be there, um, you know, I had to let him go. Let him go be with the team and, and have all his friends and stuff around him. This one, I don't know if anybody from his school is doing it. It's a, a submission-only tournament, which is crazy. So no points, no time limit, just submission-only. My kid's actually pretty excited about it. He's like, I'd rather do submission than points. Uh, but it might just be us there. But, uh, but I'm looking forward to that. So I'm taking a couple days off on the weekend uh, since we have no UFC action. Uh, and then it's back to business next week. So, like I said, the Bell Tour coverage, Matt Erickson and Nolan King will have you covered. Anyway, listen, I need to go. I got a plane to catch. I got, I'm flying back home. I got to fly from here to Charlotte and Charlotte into Vegas. I think I get home around midnight. But uh, it's been it's been a crazy stretch from uh, from Atlantic City to Philadelphia to Dallas to Anaheim to Vegas to L.A. to Miami to Fort Lauderdale, to Charlotte, to Vegas, uh, all in the course of about six days. So once again, my humble apologies for no and a half, but we will rectify that moving forward. I'll, I'll get that extra star from you, Beth Fagan. <laughs> if anybody else can can log in, give me some feedback, give us a star. We really do appreciate that. Uh, it helps us grow this, the, uh, the show. And, uh, yeah. Be back with cold coffee next week. Looking forward to that. We thought we'd be together this week, but got to come out here instead. You, and, and let's be honest. Who'd you want to – well, no, you, I don't know. Maybe you wanted to hear cold coffee more. But you got to hear my conversations with some of these UFC stars. So, anyway, uh, thanks for putting those. i got to pack up and get out of here. And uh, in the meantime, everybody else, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>